Hi, I'm Nigel Campbell, editor of Jazz in the Islands magazine, with another episode of Island Jazz Chat, a podcast featuring conversations with Caribbean jazz and pan jazz musicians based in the islands and the diaspora. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Island Jazz Chat, where we speak to Mr. John Arnold, Tobago musician, Tobago festival promoter, Tobago jazz pioneer. He's being responsible for the Tobago jazz experience about the last 12 or 15 years, which is about the biggest, if not, if not the biggest Caribbean jazz festival. And he's also a recording artist and a recording artist of importance because he has the language of Tobago incorporated in his jazz. His most recent album is Jazz Standards in the Tambourine Stew, where he incorporates the Tobago heritage tambourine drum family and incorporates it with the music of, of jazz standards as you know it. Good evening, John. Welcome to Island Jazz Chat. Yeah, good evening, Nigel. And pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank, thank you again. <laughs> 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 but um, I think critically, I think we want to have this conversation because your, your role within the Trinidad and Tobago jazz fraternity, I think, is, is, is important. And I hope it's not overlooked. But we'll get to the, your role as a festival coordinator. But let's start with the, the obvious one, your, your most recent album, Jazz Standards in the Tambourine Shoe, where you utilize the tambourine job. Remember the whole process, the whole origin, the whole, how did you come up with that whole thing? Let's talk. Well, the way it started, it was that I was looking for an entry point to bring the tambourine into a bigger conversation, a larger discussion. And the way that had to happen was to use this door or this conduit of jazz to see if we can suddenly move the instrument and also the players from this mooring of just folk, jig, reel, passe, and weddings and funerals and so on. Um, I think because I travel a lot too, and when you look at some of the other drums, the udu, the jimbe, the congas, every every other drum when you see what's happening. Also, I've been exposed to some frame drums from across the globe that differ. If you recall, we used to have a festival here called um, Tobago Mutadi yes. Drumming Festival. Mutadi from so Canada. Recall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that happened for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and what used to happen, we used to bring drums from all over the world. Asia, mm-hmm. Latin America, military drum, all kinds of drums. Yes. And for me, the players found themselves in a simple kind of pattern playing the drum and not moving from that. And so I thought, you know, one of the things we have to do, and really, to be honest, Dr. James Armstrong, who is an artist, Mm -hmm. actually challenged me several years ago. And he said, John, you are the guy who will have to take that instrument and do something with it. And I always bypass it and say, well, yeah, well, somebody, I have an interest in it, but somebody will pick it up. And then it hit me, hey, John, you're getting older. And um, 
if nobody has cracked in it, maybe you are the best person to start that. And that's how that conversation happened. Mm-hmm. Fortuitously, UTT came here about maybe four years ago, long before the pandemic. Yes. And they had a, the percussion department had an interest in doing what is called pedagogy of the tambourine. Mm-hmm. Meaning they wanted to do, how do you hold it? Which fingers you play it with? How much pressure you apply? Well, the idea was to now document that so that they can teach it as an instrument, right? I understand. And we had that conversation with UTT. I arranged for one of the, the top bands to meet them. We met at Chopin. Mm-hmm. And we, we did some work there. And then those two guys, UTT changed, and that those guys were sent back to mm. their homeland. Okay, yeah. And then we didn't get the kind of support by the then administration to, to, to move it. Mm-hmm. Axbach has also been trying in his own way. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to speak about this. And then Jesse came on the scene and said, Jesse Ryan. For a project, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And I helped him put him on to the guys. And um, yeah, if you look at his album, you'll see credited me, um, mm-hmm. which is cool, um, as being part of that. And for me, that was a, a good project. But mm-hmm. I Bridges still Bridges project, that. if I remember, it was called Bridges. It was called, yes. Bridges. Yes. Really, really had, nice yeah, about three or four yeah. songs that incorporated. Yeah, the three or four songs. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do an album with complete emphasis on the instrument. Mm. So in doing the, the jazz standards in the tambourine source, what we did was actually said, we're going to take different timings. So I took a three, four timing on blues that mm. I took a um, five eights on um, five, four, sorry, on um, take five, take five. right? Mm. Um, and then I took... Um, some of the others in, in regular tempo, 4-4. Four, four. Mm. And I took Fly Me to the Moon and put that in the jig and reel rhythm. Yes, I know you did incorporate right. the actual folklore rhythm back in right. the jazz. Mm. So we take the folklore and then we move the other thing by putting the drums now to play in the regular jazz. to tell you it was a challenge for the players because remember this is not the music they have they've been accustomed listening to their old and folk so, musicians is that correct these was that are, folk, musicians. folk musicians yeah folk musicians correct very very true and even today what i'm doing um we like last week had a rehearsal we're gonna have another rehearsal tomorrow mm. and what i'm doing really with those rehearsals is literally playing literal jazz music mm. and now asking them now to speak what they hear, what they feel, mm-hmm. right? And start the improv. On the 20th, we're having a larger conversation now where the tambourine will meet the tabla when I'm bringing this by Mayang Ramguli mm-hmm. to Tobago and we are doing 
pure organic, meaning mm. they're going to meet in the studio and they're going to talk. There's no preset anything. Pure improvisation. Uh, yeah. I will sit on the keys, the bass man, going to be there. We're not going to use our regular drums, mm -hmm. just the, and the idea is whatever come, we're going to take it. So tambourine and, drum is going to meet tabla in tabla. Yeah, in that. The marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, yeah. So you're finding the African root because the tambourine drum effectively is an African instrument created in Tobago because Tobagoans, by and large, of African descent. They wouldn't right. they do have the intermix that Trinidad has. Correct. And well, tabla, as you know, is Indian instrument because we are a large Indian population here in Trinidad. So yeah. your your goal is are you going to be playing standards or are you just going to purely improvise music when you get in the studio? When the tambourine and the tabla. No, so one of the because we we're gonna take what we get and, and put that on the stage on July the first. Mm. We're definitely gonna do that. Mm -hmm. So the aim we're doing an Indian classical mm. and folk, mm -hmm. and the tambourine will answer to that. And then we're gonna do a reel and a jig and the tambourine the tabla mm -hmm. will speak to that, mm. right? And on that one, we're going to have the, the violinist. She will also come in on that, right? So it, that is the kind of setting. Mm. And then there's one standard from, from the tambourine jazz repertoire. Mm. We're going to have everybody play on. Okay. So, so, that, so that's, yeah. that's, that is what that's so... When is that on the first of July? You're having a first of July twenty. No, the first of July is the concert. It's your concert. Yeah, but um, on the twentieth, mm -hmm. we're doing the the coming together. The coming together, yeah. the marriage as it was. The marriage. Right. marriage. Yeah, it's an interesting project, right? Because as yeah. I said, yeah. I, I I did listen to Jesse's record, and for those who know, those who don't, know, I do music reviews, and I reviewed both Jesse's album and your album, right? Yeah. Because there was something unique, as I said, about incorporating the tambourine drum. Because I had I had made up a statement that. What the steel pan is to Trinidad, the tambourine drum is to Tobago in being a that's sonic. Really put it. Yeah. It's, as a, that is our sonic identification, right? And I, and I think, Nigel, one of the things you probably want to add to that mm -hmm. is that they both are tempered by fire. There you go. Tell me about that. The steel drum is tempered by fire. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, the way they do it, they have to use coconut branch mm -hmm. to light a fire, to heat the drums. And actually, the heat they get from the drums is what gives it its actual um, tone. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is the way they... they so, so when you're playing the tambourine drum, you have to play them, you have to have at least six drums. Mm -hmm. So while some are heating, you're mm -hmm. playing. As that's running out, mm -hmm. there's a runner who actually brings those warm drums constantly in. Look at that. Now, the problem is when we started to travel, and mm -hmm. I used to go on tourism trips a lot mm -hmm. in the in the um in the 2000s when mm -hmm. we were building out that festival program mm -hmm. for, for tourism. So when we travel with the tambourine man to Norway and Sweden and Germany, it's winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. the fire goes, we can't use live fire. Uh -huh. So we got these big theater lights. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? And they made them so that you can plug them in. Mm -hmm. And that's what they still use even to today if you can't have fire. Oh, you let so a big, a big light, a big spotlight effect. A big spotlight, yeah. It needs wow. the heat has to be really strong. 
Mm. But I'll tell you, the sound is not the same. It's not the same. Fire okay. is what makes the sound. I hear you. Yeah. Um, because now this, these two albums, are, are like, let's say they're like the beginning experiments in terms of incorporating the tambourine drum into jazz. Are you going to be utilizing the tambourine drum in your future recordings or advise other musicians, both in Trinidad and Tobago and wider Caribbean, to think? think I, like, I like the question because mm. that's exactly what I'm thinking. You see, when, when, when you, if you go back to even the jazz guys, I mean, mm. Dizzy, mm-hmm. all of them in experimenting and going Latin yeah, and what have Cuba. you. Yeah. Mm. yeah, there was a reason. There was a reason that people, this thing about fusing and looking to make a new statement with mm. other entry points is something very common. Mm-hmm. If we are to globalize the instrument, meaning if we are to move to the extent that hey, the tambourine drum is, a, is played in a family, mm-hmm. most frame drums are one, mm-hmm. right? But here's a family of drums that are frame drums. Well, one is, 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 is boom, one is roller, one is cutter. Mm-hmm. And they play together, right? Um, and the most intense of them is the cutter mm-hmm. because he's the one doing most of the, the sharp cuts like a snare. Mm-hmm. So if we can have that as part of, of the configuration for bands mm-hmm. in Tobago, I am saying that it should give us an edge that becomes unique, I would similar so. to other people. Would you would you inc- still incorporate the, the kit, the, the drum kit? Or yeah, just... yeah, yeah, the drum kit, yeah. You'll have As a to. matter of fact, if you recall on the album, you'd hear Kalen plays the kit with his hands. Okay. And he imitates mm-hmm. the tambourine drums. Gotcha. But he keeps a kind of flow while mm-hmm. the drums improvise over him. Mm-hmm. So these fellas are practicing because you, you kind of hinted that this is like the first time they heard I wouldn't say heard jazz, but you know, play jazz and certainly recorded jazz with a tambourine yeah. drum. Is that something that you're pushing them to continue? I don't know how many tambourine drum players are there in Tobago. I'm ignorant of that. So you're going to advise me. <laughs> Is it like they have a million pan players in Trinidad? No, 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 no. Tobago? No, no, no. We used to have, the older generation used to be, but now there are some young guys. But mm. basically, we don't have many tambourine bands in Tobago anymore. Mm. So, for example, Watts mm-hmm. is probably the only really versed violinist. You'll find that he plays for several bands. Mm. So we do have some bands, but we don't have many. Mm. And that's also another reason that in terms of the education component, mm-hmm. we want to work on that in terms of having building capacity with more tambourine players on the space, because think about it, Nigel. Mm. If we get the young people turned on to it, mm. we could simply see where the, the young people can now use it in dance hall, mm-hmm. right? You know, similar to w- w- what um, Bob James, mm-hmm. I remember the hip hop people, mm-hmm. uh, I try to remember the name of the song, but you remember when they did a big tribute to him, because mm-hmm. they were able to take some of those jazz samples yeah, in some of the hip hop recordings, recordings, yes, mm-hmm. right. I think I remember so, the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we have to find all these kinds of mechanisms, or, or what I call conduits, to find a way to move the drum and get it out, so that after a while, more research can actually be done mm-hmm. on it. Right, I'll give you an example. So 
the bark is called cabbage bark, right? It's actually a French name. Um, it's slipped in me now, Maya. Mm -hmm. And that bark is actually stripped from the tree, mm -hmm. dried, and then they shape it into the, the circular nail to hold it after it dries hard mm -hmm. and firm. And then they attach the skin. Mm -hmm. So the problem is that we are now seeing people making tamarind drums from PVC. Ah, like they're making, I think they're making tassel drums from PVC also. Correct. They, everybody's modernizing and I guess right. that's the thing. But, but the sound is not the same. Yeah, I hear you. Well, well, I'm telling you, I, I can mm -hmm. tell. The, the tamarind with the cabbage bud mm -hmm. has a nice ring, almost some overtones that, yeah, they just they float. Get any, any thing. Uh, you don't get that. And now I've been able to hear all these drums. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that um, we have to find a mechanism of heating the instrument. Well, fire in Trinidad, a stage light in Norway. <laughs> I understand. Because one of the things I'm also thinking is you have to do a lot of recordings because as much as you're telling me about the kind of the, the, the nature of the tambourine instrument, the tambourine family drums. Yeah. And, um, and we are aware that you, you have to have a pedagogy and you have to get more younger right. players playing. Come, come the 1st of July or even the 20th of, of, um, of June, I hope you're recording these things because my oh, no, no, is, everything is being recorded. Yeah, you have yeah, to record, yeah, yeah, yeah. but recording with the, the idea of, well, I might actually put it out. I may actually put it out into the marketplace to, to be heard. Right. So I mean, uh, very good point you made there, Because I'm, I'm like you on that. Mm. I believe in recording everything. Yeah, so we actually, we have found these great mics that we use on the tambourine drum, mm. and the, the studio that I work with. And we're recording everything. Actually, we've set setting up the studio right now in terms of the config, mm -hmm. um, because we want to record it, mm -hmm. both audio and video. There you go. Yeah. Because I, I, we need to do that. If we don't do that, then we lose some great moments. Yeah, because you know? if, what, what you're also suggesting is right now you have the best tambourine drum players, but if, God forbid, something happened, man, break your finger or some kind of thing. So what happens? We can't lose the momentum yeah. that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. have to have yeah. one, the kind of public awareness of the sound incorporated into jazz. But critically, you have to have a, a, a new generation of players. And I'm yeah, thinking yep. they have to hear it. Well, yes. luckily for us, I mean, two other guys are youths. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, that and, and that is nice. They, they're showing, uh, by the way, I have to say, they're very keen. Mm -hmm. And last week in rehearsals, we only played jazz. Um, had Kaelin just swing, mm -hmm. you know, swing. So we have them play. And what I did was, hey, no. You on the boom, I know the boom is boom, ba, boom. I want you to improvise. Find a way. Talk to us. You have to use your ears. So you're talking to them at another level. Mm -hmm. This is new to them. Yes. Right? Remember these things they just learned from grandfather and puppy passes <laughs> down to me to play like this. Boom, ba, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's it. You know? Um, and so that that is going to continue. Tomorrow mm -hmm. we have another one. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, the idea is to, the more they can hear it, mm -hmm. the more they can listen to it, mm -hmm. then I think it's going to help in terms of how they, and they're coming out because the personalities start to, to mm -hmm. relate, you know? Yeah. As I said, I'm, I'm very happy that this kind of new way of incorporating 
Caribbean rhythms, but also Caribbean songs. Now, admittedly, the Steel Pan has been in, in jazz for, for many years. We have pioneers yes. like Ruby Smith yeah. and um, Otello Molino and Adinarell and, and many others, right? Leon Foster Thomas, oh, yeah. the Pan. But then Etienne Charles had incorporated um, Tambu Bambu and the Biscuit Tin for his album Carnival, the Song of a People, Volume 1, right? So this idea of incorporating our songs, I think, is so important for developing no, and expanding totally the whole idea of what Caribbean jazz is, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. on this first album, you, you, you've recorded standards, which are already in the, in, the, in the marketplace. Admittedly, Jesse had some originals. Are you planning to do original music? Because we're going to talk about your, 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 your yeah, career. Yeah, so, so on, the, on the organic, everything in the organic will be original. Oh, because we don't even know. At this point, I'm talking to you. Mm. I don't even have a clue yeah. what we're going to come up with. That's what but what we have done mm. is we all agree mm. we will all share the rights to whatever comes out of it. Good. We are doing it organic, mm. but we all agree we're going to be part of this, whatever discovery happens, right? And again, so I'm agreeing with you on that. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I think for the next project I'm working on, it, it's going to be strictly original, yeah. yeah. But I think one of the things I, I've learned in doing the entry point mm -hmm. is you've got to put some things there that everybody can relate to and then say, I'll give you this. When we did the Jazz and Renaissance concert in Tobago mm -hmm. at a full house at Kaiwa, mm -hmm. do you know the Tavern Jazz Project only came out at the end for the last three numbers? Okay. As a matter of fact, Terran has a song called Charlottesville Jig. Yes. That we use to close it because it's only when we were practicing, we mm -hmm. realized, hey, no, Terran, that song can't be in your set. Mm -hmm. We've got to put that down in the tambourine set. Correct. And he was glad. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing how it worked. Mm. What, you what, what you're revealing here, Timmy, is something that a lot of people don't get. We have a catalog of songs written by Terran Shaw, guitarist, that album, Dumbo Caribe, is where he had Charlotte, Charlottesville Jig. Yeah. But we can actually share the music. So he will, yeah. he has, he's a recording artist, just as you are. He comes on your set yeah. and says, okay, the tambourine band will, that's a Tobago tune. It has a mm -hmm. feel of Tobago. Yeah. That's, a, that's a fool. Got motivated, yeah. 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 So that incorporating that and working and sharing the stage and sharing the music, I think that is so important. Because yeah, yeah. it kind of guides me to a kind of a, a separate, I wasn't a separate topic, but a, a kind of an, another lane in terms of your career. Because I know that you're a student of, a graduate, I should say, of Berkeley College of Music. And well, well I don't really want to use the word graduate. Hey, hey, <laughs> I did hey, a hey, summer, hey. summer program. How, how long is that summer <laughs> program? Let's, let's, let's reconfigure. A Over. four month? Right. Yeah. So you have a different It was a professional um, mm. You know, they do these summer programs where you can come in mm -hmm. and do a kind of um, certificate kind of thing. Right. So you're Because you're already playing a la-la-la. Yeah. But the exposure is just amazing. Mm. So you, you were know? up there they, or did it here via remote? No, no, no. They're there. They're live, man. There. is not a place to do online courses. Sorry. That's what I was wondering. You know, because yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody too, but you can't do online, online courses. That would make no sense. You have to be there. Nah. With music, gotta be in that yeah. that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that place is crazy. What what when what year you did the Berkeley certificate? Um, that was nineteen eighty eight. That's a while. A while ago. That was before you started yeah. making records. No, no, no. I wasn't even doing that yet. I I actually my mentor was a guy called Newman Alexander. You know, he was murdered. Um, mm -hmm. and he was leading the Kaiwa place. Yeah, I know one of the most amazing. Yeah, he's one of the top. 
Mm. He was playing with everybody. <laughs> he came back from a conservatory in Sweden mm-hmm. and he had opened the first Tobago um, youth orchestra. Mm-hmm. And jazz was his forte. And we played at Kaiba for years before he was murdered. But he was my mentor. And I mean, the things I learned from him, mm-hmm. he made me make that dedication to go away mm-hmm. and, and, and go to Berkeley. And I mean, what I learned at Berkeley and what I prepared myself for Berkeley, mm-hmm. those chops, I can't, I, can't re- I can't recall ever being so motivated in my life. Mm-hmm. Because when I was at Berkeley, one of the first things I learned was my real good roommate was a German piano player. Mm-hmm. And he was mean. We all thought we were good. Mm-hmm. And the first week, we went to a concert with a Japanese player, sat mm-hmm. front seat. Mm-hmm. And Nigel, you won't believe this. After watching that girl play, mm-hmm. we did not touch the piano for three days. It happens. In respect. Mm-hmm. When we met her in the cafeteria, we would bow and mm-hmm. watch her bow. Just out of this world. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, when you go to these practice rooms, you can be through your window and see who is next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we used to look to see if we see either Chinese or Japanese. Because mm-hmm. they are the only ones who practice 20 hours a day. So I heard. <laughs> yeah, they go in there yeah. with the mm. I see out with the drink, the tea, what have you, mm-hmm. and you just see them drinking tea in between, and, and they, they will not move. Yeah. So you you go in there in the morning, eight o'clock, mm-hmm. and twelve o'clock when you look, they're still there, okay. Mm-hmm. One two o'clock, they're still there, they're moving. But you tired? <laughs> it's gone, you gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you come back in the night, they're still there. That's why they're breaking up. That's why they're making a, a no, major, no, major headway in terms of the music industry. But yeah. um, you said you, you did a certificate course in 1988. When did you make your first album? My first album is interesting. So, you know, remember when you used to have these song festivals? Yes. Mm-hmm. Caribbean remember Song that? Festival. Yes. 1998. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was a very competitive thing. Mm-hmm. Each of those years, I had one song. And then one year, you know the way they used to do it? They used to number the, the recordings you send in. Mm-hmm. So you never know who wrote the who song. Who wrote the song. Uh-huh. And one year, three of my songs got through. Oh. And then one was sent to the CBU competition. Mm-hmm. I was here with the United Sisters. And United mm-hmm. Sisters won us that year. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they won um, in um, that year. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the last big performances. But I was there. I did a song called Cry of the War-Torn Child. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, James was singing that. Um, and we ended up in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you know. So after that, those years, when they cut it out, mm-hmm. I did my first album, which was songs from that. That was Deep Inside, which would have been in the 90s. I can't mm-hmm. recall which year yeah. in the 90s. What I first remember coming upon your name, Smooth jazzy feelings or something. Ah, I mean, yes. a second record, if I remember. Yeah, right. that was the second. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and yeah. They had a, a song there called Capardi or Capaladi. Capardi. Capardi. Yeah. Which was the capital of paradise. Yeah. Well, it's the most beautiful melody. And I remember thinking, yeah. wow.
I was I was yeah. living abroad and I used to go on CD Baby. CD Baby was that you gotta go. Yes, to yes. <laughs> I think I just plug into Atlanta to go see this John Allen at the day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who's this guy? But at those early years, in terms of making records, and you have continued making records. As I know, Jazz in the Stew. Give me the name, Jazz. Yeah, Kaiso Jazz in the Stew. Okay, so. Oh my God! Are you getting old, boy? I saw jazz in the stew. Um, Hold on, I'm something stew in the jazz stew or something like that. I can't remember. You made, you made an album called Kaiso in the Jazz Stew. Yeah, that's it. Kaiso in the Jazz Stew. That's it. And where took yes, mm-hmm. and that that's by the way was one of my best selling albums. Yeah, I have to tell you that. I, I know you're, you're definitely you took um took Kaiso and Soka songs and then you yeah, jazz it up yeah, as it was yeah. right after that you made an album called Kubego which was a, a unique album for me at least because I remember yeah, Kubego Kubego tell me about that was was yeah Kubego was um was experimenting mm-hmm. so again these were things that were coming to me. Mm-hmm. And I was experimenting with that. If you listen to that album, you realize it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of hint of reggae, a hint mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was was that, that one for me. We had a, a rap on it or not? Yeah, we had a rap on it. Yeah, yeah, jazz and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Xavier was on that, I think, too. Mm-hmm. I, um, as I said, I, 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 I do reviews, and that was one of the records that I did review. And yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I got the impression that because it was a kind of smooth, almost the melodies were kind of very smooth and laid back as it was. And I got the impression that is a Tobago sound. If I hear that music, that's what Tobago is, certainly for my Trinidad years, right? That's okay. Tobago. It's very laid back. It's very cool. And then you have all these, you know, electronic elements, rhythm elements, yes, something on yes, top of it yes, and that kind yes. of thing.
so I understand and I know uh, over the years you said about about six or seven albums, Kobeigo, Jazz in the Kaisu Shoe, Kairak players, songs from inside, smooth jazzy feelings. But there's another aspect of John Arnold. And we're gonna get to that very soon. Right? You, as I said, your your recording career is lasted, let's say from the 90s to now. So about 30 years you've been recording albums, about six or seven albums under your belt. And they're important right. albums. And certainly, um, you're covering a, a range of aspects of Caribbean jazz and even experimenting with fusion, as well as what you've done currently with your tambourine right. mm-hmm. recordings. And I hope that you'll be continuing this, this, this fusion idea, incorporating that tambourine song. Because as I said, I'm, I'm one of those keen fans of, I like this idea of Caribbean jazz, but I'm a huge fan of incorporating songs that we create. Well, and I agree. Right? Totally agree because, with it, because our our identification is not as grand as the Cubans. The Cubans will have that right. dong, right. and I don't know if they invent the bongo and the conga drum, but it kind of kind of associated with that island, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of the music that we've created, we do have enough content. I, I'm, I'm always keen, and you're a recording artist. How expensive is it to make a recording here in Trinidad and Tobago? Well, I think I think now it's cheaper for me in that I have my own. Mini studio, so oh, well, um, yeah, I have my own mini studio. So the last three albums, I did all the preliminary work, mm-hmm. and then go into a bigger studio and do the other parts. The other thing too is the last album would have been live musicians, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes we didn't have that luxury because it was just too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is no. We, we don't sell as many CDs as we used to sell CDs long time. Yeah. Although I have to be honest with you mm. that I've noticed even at the um, show we had, mm-hmm. because of the interest, I had only worked with seven CDs. Big mistake, brother. It was a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> After they heard the tambourine, mm-hmm. all was sold. My, 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 my kids were actually doing the desk. You mm-hmm. know who CDs also sold after that too? Terrence. Terrence, yeah. I think one right, of the things that we once have... Once people heard, yeah. they were like, nah, we didn't know There's a, there's we a, want to know. There, there's a company that, that manufactures CDs. Um, I can't remember the name of the company now. But they right, mean, in the East. Yeah, and, they, and they not, not so much locally, but an American company. And oh, they, okay, fine, fine. And they've always been promoting the idea that once you are a, a professional performing musician and you play your music, and certainly for certain genres, and I think jazz is one of those, you will get fans who will say, oh, I've never heard this before. And they want yeah. to own it. You they and I have a generation yeah. that own yeah. the records and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Admittedly, the younger people, they're only streaming on Spotify. Yes. And they don't yes. hold anything yeah. in their hands. But I think we definitely understand the idea of owning a CD. So it's not an impossible or improbable thing for you to manufacture hundreds, if not even a thousand yeah. CDs. Yeah. And get yeah. them sold among your persons who, because you have the luxury of being able to play in a hotel constantly as well as innovating as well as recording and releasing records yeah. Yeah. right um admittedly i know that one other musician who had done that in Trinidad, michael boothman but he hadn't been recording whereas when he he was at the hyatt when as you at the Kariwak um, hotel right, 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 right you have been recording and releasing records and i think that gives a, gives a, a leg up i mean the caribbean music industry it's dependent upon what we have. Our audiences are not yeah, that large, yeah. which is why some musicians are opting to go on cruise ships and play because they get an opportunity to play all the time. You do have that luxury of being able to play but, for but, the audience. But, but let me ask you something, Nigel, because there's mm-hmm. something that, that, that you know I'm trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was running a jazz program here 
mm-hmm. on on uh, Pulse Radio mm-hmm. almost three, four years. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking a break, actually. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's really something to discuss. Mm-hmm. But how do we get radio stations mm-hmm. to start playing our music, especially along the jazz job? And, 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 and follow what I'm saying. So we send albums, we send this. But you have from Elan Bali. I used to play loads of Elan Bali. Mm-hmm. I used to play Terrence Shaw, mm-hmm. um, Clifford. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. there's so much, my, my own albums. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, but why, why does a mainstream radio think that they need to do the same? Mm. I will and it's not that they don't have the album. They have the albums, they have the physical albums. I've actually known a couple um, program directors and I know one owner of a radio network. Right? There are a couple of things, right? One of the things that bothers me, and I've been writing on the music industry in Trinidad and Tobago for a number of years now. One is this our local policy, right? I mean, people back in the early 2000s were marching to get 50% local content. Yeah. And yeah. I, I personally think that's too high, but that's, that's just my personal opinion. And even in this era of streaming, I'm not even sure if local content has meaning because consider the song Family by Marshall Montano. He wrote it. But the song was written by Vincent Chan. Um, it was produced by a Dominican. And his recording was done in, in the States. So how do you define local content? But that said, mm-hmm. I think there are certain genres at work, right? I think gospel has its own radio station. Mm-hmm. Three, three radio one. stations, right? Yeah. Three radio stations for gospel. Three, um, correct. Indian music has their own stations. Yes, and, correct. And, and everybody correct. else is like a free-for-all. And they go yeah. for what is quote-unquote popular. Right, I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you that how jazz is popular. It's not even popular in America, right? But there was no, it's, not, it's not popular. <laughs> there was there was a jazz station uh, WMGX many years ago, and they had to fold because of economic reasons. The, the radio station business model is advertisers, and advertisers for some reason are going after young purchasers. Yeah. You know, because you put on a jazz festival, yeah. a large part of your audience are mature persons, persons 35 yeah. and up, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. They're no longer young. They may already have started having families. Yep. And they are not necessarily the peak market. They always go for 18 to 25. That's what I understand. I spoke, I spoke to an, an advertising agent about why they only f- focus on young people when the people who come to these events that even he puts on are all yeah. 50, are 50 years and up, right? But he said, well, that's, that's how you make your money. You, you can make some money, but the, the industry has to, is a volume industry and the volume is not there. So it's not necessarily that the music isn't good, right? It's just that they are just operating on a business model that doesn't necessarily cater to genres outside unless you have your own radio station, which is the thing that I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah. Now, you said you were on Pulse Radio, which I'm assuming is a Tobago-based station. It's a Tobago based station, yeah. And they play anything, is that correct? So they have a yeah, wife, yeah. Right? No, they don't. My, my, I am literally out the loop. But yeah. the reason why is that there's a small segment yeah. of the population that used to enjoy it on a Sunday evening because is, is it a national station? <laughs> is that a national station? Is only a quote no, unquote Tobago. It's only station. in Tobago. Only in Tobago. See, well, that yeah. is the thing, right? Only in Tobago. Now, yeah. if Wack, if you remember Wack Kenny Phillips, he had a, when he started, yeah. it was a a community radio station, but you're able to get it become it national. I would advise you to advise the owners of Pulse make it a national station because it's only when you have opportunities such as you have having a couple mm. hours on on a weekend to have yeah. a show dedicated yeah. to local Caribbean jazz. That's the only way it's going to get out there, right? Or you create your own station, 
creating us a radio station online it kind of works around the whole com- the the control by tat and those kind of things yeah so, yeah um, yeah but although i have some information that i heard is not you're not supposed to anyway but That's another story. That's a whole story, but internet radios, because a lot of the internet servers are not, not even based in Trinidad. So, I mean, there's always right. this notion of right. a workaround, right? So, the idea of programming Caribbean jazz or programming Trinidad jazz, like all of that for the time being, it becomes difficult from a commercial perspective unless you mm-hmm. come around it with another opportunity, another way around it. And I think the other way around it is effectively do your own thing. Now, I do a podcast. I do another podcast with lawyers, you know, Music Matters. Yeah. I would suggest mm-hmm. you, John Arnold, being the, the, the pioneer as you are. And I, I keep using this word because the, the other role that we haven't spoken about as yet is in terms of the festival development. Because there's also an opportunity for you via your, via your group, via your division, via whomever, to have a radio station dedicated to Trinidad and Tobago music, but led from the Tobago Center. Because everybody, everything happens in Port of Spain. But we now have radio stations in, in Chaguanas and San Fernando and radio stations certainly in, in Tobago. Scarborough, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, right? Why it is Scarborough do take the lead and say, okay, jazz radio is now centered in Tobago. Oh, and by the way, we also have the biggest jazz idea. festival, right? Yeah. Because, an excellent idea. And, and, and admittedly, if you understand the, the, the jazz model, certainly St. Lucia, And, and Jamaica, and even send kids with a music festival. These things are all linked to tourism. What's the big one number one industry? Not tourism? Yeah. yeah. So there, there is an element. There is a, there, to me, there's a space where Tobago can take the lead in terms of programming the music, and just the same way that they took the lead in programming the festivals. In terms of what Tobago can do and what you can do, it's just a, a suggestion. Because I know you're, if it's, when they say Tobago is John Arnold, you just call it. No, 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 no. I mean, don't don't like run from the, that. Don't run like from the that. Mayor. No, no, no. I mean, it's all like the mayor. I'm far from that. But the hard, the hard, the hard reality. I've done, a, I've done a lot. But yes. yeah, yeah. But you know. as I said, definitely, it's that idea of Pulse and your radio, your radio program. Because there's no other radio program. I think Chantal Esdell used to have a Trinidad jazz mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. on WMJX, which focused on smooth jazz, among other kind of um, genres. But that, that is it. So they become, it, start as a, it starts as a show. And it, I'm sure it can expand to an hour, a day, half a day. To a no, day. I was three hours, you know. There you go. So you start with three I hours. I was three it hours. Be, it could be three But hours. But as I said, mm-hmm. getting sponsors from the Vigo, that was totally out of it. So it ended up being a, a work of love. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, as I said, you know the you know the the, the how the, the business model for the for Pulse radio station. They have to probably just work with national national sponsors, and you know the, the yeah. telecoms, the yeah. banks, the, the airline, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then they start working out to small businesses and that kind of thing. The hotels, somebody has to sponsor these kind of things. Yeah. It's yeah. like we cut your rates so that you know. But the, this is the music because in Tobago, Tobago jazz experience, if I understand, is that like the largest festival out of the many festivals that Tobago has. Well, I mean, boy, largest in terms just, of audience. Yeah, it, it is still, but but I think what's what's important with the Tobago Jazz experience to make a point about it mm-hmm. is that one has to understand we had just come out of Ring Bang in 2000, in 1999. Do not start me, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. So. I actually have a book that's been worked on, as I told you, mm-hmm. where a lot of stories are in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the, the points is that when Ringbang had finished, mm-hmm. 
it created a new political regime. Mm -hmm. And the new political regime was scared at first mm -hmm. to really get down into doing another mega festival. Mm -hmm. And so when this offer came um, from the, the guy and um, Stevie Wonder management, mm -hmm. it was beautiful. I spent like two, three weeks sitting with those guys mm -hmm. and negotiating. And I remember at that time, basically what, what my principals told me is, you know, if they say work, mm. we basically will show you under the bus. Because oh. I had left teaching and come into events. That's so, yeah, but, but I was about, I was more about, I had liked the thrust mm -hmm. of moving events. So I just finished mm. Artelot Job, mm -hmm. event management course. So mm. I was kind of hot and ready, you know. Yeah. So when I left teaching, I said, hey, let me go and work with, um, Neil Wilson. And mm -hmm. Neil was like, yeah, man, if you get a man like you, yeah. Yeah. So the first thing we did was it was the gospel festival in 2003. Mm -hmm. And that continued until we had an impasse with the Mahasabha, mm -hmm. um, who filed uh, uh, an injunction because at that time they were saying we were promoting Christianity and not festival. Whereas we wow. were producing a festival oh, that wow. was that was aimed at the Bible Belt, right? That's what I'm thinking. All these yeah. stories are in the book. So yeah. <laughs> basically, that had to go. And then when this opportunity came, mm -hmm. just before that, some guys and myself, um, Carlos Dillon, we mm -hmm. had formed a company called Tobago Jazz Festival, mm -hmm. right? So much so that when the first jazz came, it was the Tobago International Gourmet Jazz Festival. I remember those Gourmet Jazz. I remember that. Right. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't say Tobago Jazz Festival because that was owned. Mm -hmm. And we had a lawyer mm -hmm. in our um in our company. Mm -hmm. So we actually had when when the first year we had to get a savior to save us. Mm -hmm. And that's how Clico came on board. CL. CL Financial, right? yes. Came because on board. Yeah. THA didn't have all the money. The mm -hmm. person who want, was to bring in his 50%. He, he didn't have it. Mm. So we had to save the day. And, and you remember that first year mm. almost ended up in a disaster, right? Mm. Several tickets were given away and, mm. you know, even against good advice, by the way. But um, after that, when CL came on board, mm. it was now a joint mm -hmm. partnership between THA and CL. Mm -hmm. They were responsible for finding artists, mm -hmm. backline and all that, whereas we were responsible for infrastructure, police, security, mm -hmm. parking, la, 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 la. So it was that model Yeah, Jazz Festival. That Jazz Festival There were several things that weren't because there was also another Plymouth Jazz Festival in England. Mm -hmm. um, but they were offered actually the, the, the name to be mm -hmm. Jazz Festival mm -hmm. <laughs> at that time, but the negotiations broke down. Mm. And then when the economic depression took place. It's lucky I was actually just yesterday going over some old um, notes, mm. going back to the year with George Benson, 2009. Yeah, yeah he was the first, if I remember. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was when, first experience, when we started and we mm. said, there was no way we could stop a jazz festival, even though we didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. And that's how Tobago Jazz Experience was born. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. In the first year, although we had one main act, mm -hmm. and then we added a lot of other acts around that, 
if you recall anybody who was there for that year, mm-hmm. people were dancing crazily all over that path. I, well, oh. I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but the group that I belong to, Production Unlimited, was asked to come on and have a show on the day before George Benson's performance. Right. We actually had jazz artists on the group. I remember that. In Tobago. Yeah, I remember that. In Tobago. Yeah, I played in that. I played yes. in that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. You, you played. We had it two years. You played it the first one we had in Bonacord, and the second right. we were on Bridger Point uh, on correct. the stage itself. On the stage correct. on the Saturday, George right. was on the Sunday. So, so you're you're correct with that. Yeah, yeah. But, so, but go ahead. it was, and I mean, when when you look back, Nigel, mm. each year validated the next year. First year was one, second year was two, then the third year was three. You know, and we just kept as as it built. You know. The problem that we had was it even the marketing. Oh, oh sorry. There, there are two things about that I've learned mm-hmm. because I was with it from, from the beginning 2005 to 2017. Mm-hmm. I had a two-year break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then COVID. Mm-hmm. And now I'm back there as, as CEO in the festival. Mm-hmm. But what, what's critical is the Tobago Jazz experience found itself with two problems where more than 70% of its attendees were now the domestic market. Yes. It was no longer so tourist who market. who were taking up your quality rooms? Mm. The domestic market. When they say domestic you market, you mean Trinidadians? Trinidadians, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So if you only have 4,800 mm-hmm. really prime rooms, mm-hmm. and the Trinidadians are going to take those, mm-hmm. Where are you going to find um, a hotel to take the others? Because remember, those hotel rooms are also available for artists also. Mm. So we had that problem. And the second problem we had, which we discovered in 2014, is capacity. Mm-hmm. We have to do like Dominica and all these other countries, where you decide how many people Could you come. want on the island. Yeah, it's true. Um, I well, you you don't know this, but I I had a couple of years ago, actually it's last year, thinking about it now. Caribbean Studies Association had a conference, and I actually had to do a pay, I did a paper on the COVID nineteen impact on Caribbean based island fest, Caribbean island based festivals mm-hmm. with a focus on um, jazz festivals. And I you know I, I did all my research, I, I I requested information because I was looking at the economic impact and whether or not they they can pivot or if the pivot is, is real as it was. And the, the 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 country that gave me the most the most amount of information actually was Curacao, and in twenty nineteen that was their last festival. So when twenty twenty we were doing this whole project, they had already said, well, we are doing no, no show in twenty twenty because economically it wasn't viable for them. And I don't I'm not sure they'll ever have a Curacao I'm not see jazz any longer. You, you said in twenty seventeen you stopped being part of the, the the experience, and that was the end of your contract in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen twenty. Yeah, I, I moved to Shoba. Yeah, 2018, 2019, somebody else had come in as, yeah. a, as a CEO. And I, I was part of a, a, an, an advisory committee in 2020, 2019 into 2020. And then, of course, cool, we, okay. cool, close the whole thing down, right? The idea of political touching of this, 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 this event is so real because a lot of the island festivals, as you already know, are supported by the, by the nations, Dominica, St. Lucia, well, not so much Jamaica. Jamaica Jazz and Blues got some entrepreneurs to do it, and they got the tourist board to, to back to say, no problem, we'll, we'll back you. But um, even the Curacao Festival, although there was a private individual who had a non-profit who founded the organization and built the festival and branded it with it, Nazi Jazz, 
Curacao Economic Council and, and the, the Port Authority and that's kind of they were the ones who wanted to put all the money because as much as he's an entrepreneur, if he wasn't getting his money, he said, Well, listen, if I don't get like 60% of the cost of this festival and not having the festival. And then he would just say, Well, the artists were not available, which which wasn't true, right? Yeah, artists, yeah, artists yeah, will come, yeah. but you have to say something, right? And I mean, so it because he had he had actually canceled the show one year couple about three four years ago he had canceled the show for that they claimed for because of this um there was no no artist availability which was untrue as i said but the, the thing that that i wouldn't say bothers me is our business model here in the caribbean is we have governments island governments right who get involved and which and of course there's this there's this need for accountability right and Yes. And, and and I'm not against that because as it is, it's public money. So somebody has to account for, well, you're spending $17 million. Where, where the money went? Because people still hold on to this notion that I have to make back $17 million plus profit at the door. Not recognizing no, no, the wider but, wider function of a jazz festival. Yeah, and I'm glad you're talking about this because it is a perennial headache of mine trying for people to understand that Listen, you have festival tourism, you have indigenous festivals, mm -hmm. and you have what I call tourist centers. Mm -hmm. The reason why we put on a jazz festival is pure tourist, tourist center. Mm -hmm. Pure. Because it's not as though we have a million jazz players here, mm -hmm. so it's indigenous. Correct. You're doing it because it has a kind of trend and a swag mm -hmm. and what have you. Now, I don't know if people, we have never done the kind, well, there was one that was done mm -hmm. by Kyrie Studies, which showed that um, in, in 2019, I think, it was 14.8 million mm -hmm. that was probably generated by the amount of visitors they came, and they worked it out at 1,090 spend and so on. Yes. That, all that's great. I am still saying, though, Nigel, mm -hmm. that the true economic worth mm -hmm of these festivals until somebody can really do one of those really deep dive granular studies. Mm -hmm. We may never know because let, let, let's be honest, all those people who provide parking mm -hmm. in the properties at Canaan, mm -hmm. all over Canaan, they are not in the count. All those people with the two and three bedrooms mm -hmm. who are filled because mm -hmm. nobody can find a room somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They don't have them on the count. You can get a rent car in 2014. Yes. That was John Legend, yeah? The year of John Legend. Yeah, John Legend, Legend yeah. yeah. You can get a car. I, I, there were no cars. Susan what, what did people do? Mm. People rented their own car. Own car, their personal car, rent it out right? to people. Yes, I know that's what you can, you can You can't quantify all that. So really and truly, when you work it out, and I mean, the spin-off effect, gas, mm. groceries, mm. art, restaurant. I mean, unless somebody does that, mm. to talk about what you have as gate receipts. Because mm. remember, the purpose of the thing is place marketing, mm. is branding, opportunities to showcase. Mm. You know, there's so many other things, right? We got our festival branded as one of the top 10 festivals in the Caribbean. Yeah. They By Forbes. It's a big, big, big seller. I, I, no, on your resume. Yeah, no two ways about it. As, as I said, um, I, I I follow Saint Lucia because I've actually been invited there a couple of times by by their tourist board to cover it and thing. But I, in terms of, and they have been around more than twenty five years. Oh yeah, yeah. but they, they and they their budget. I know what their budget was 
right? But they also had to get a different kind of funding to bring in yeah. 10 yeah. superstars and, yeah. and the quality of the rooms in St. Lucia is what surprised me. They have these very, very high-end rooms charging $1,000 to $2,000 US a night. That's the quality of the room. So the future and the audience would go to St. Lucia, they stay in a small hotel, almost like a bed and breakfast style kind of thing. And they literally hold those massive, massive high-end, high-value rooms for the tourists is what you're suggesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. that uh, uh, in terms of the Tobago, the, the, the number of rooms, as you, you suggested that if 70% of your quality rooms are utilized by Trinidadians, I ain't going to lie to you. Don't, don't tell me I must go in a, in a B-class room because you're holding the 100% for the foreigners. <laughs> I'm eh? not taking that, John. And not yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, but at the same time, I can't but, but, but because you have a finite amount of rooms, and yeah. that's the reality. Yeah. Just like you and that's the reality. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And and the biggest thing we learned from the John Legend here, there were too many people who came to the festival. Mm-hmm. People were in traffic for mm-hmm. five hours mm-hmm. and never got to the show. I know for a fact. I I left. The show <laughs> may have started seven o'clock. I think I was at the venue at three o'clock. Right. I remember literally, and that's the year you introduced a fence. John yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. what are we going to talk about? <laughs> <You're too laughs> no, but I mean, I mean yeah. you know, yeah, I, that year taught us we don't have the capacity yeah. in several areas. We have a one entrance. Ah. We couldn't get an exit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a one road coming yeah. down. We right? walked No out, matter how many filter yeah. roads. Yeah, so although we had the shuttle service, I mean, getting in, because I got there early, I was able to get in, got a good vantage point, so I was able to see yeah, the stage, yeah. see the performance. I was kind of just behind, just to the side of the song booth where I was, right? But um, I know when I turned around at the end of the performance, I just saw a mass of people. <laughs> and I thought to myself, where these people were? Because yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, met yeah. friends who yeah. told me they never even got into the venue. They were never the, got to. onto the roadway no, no. and there was a yeah. big screen, right? Yeah. So the event became super, super large. And admittedly, John Legend was, is, is like the best of all worlds. The, the weekend he was there, is the weekend his song went to number one in the American pop chart. Yep, right? yep. Everything, everything was just perfect with that. Perfect. And that was just and, and perfect. I'm gonna, and I'm also going to say this. Having John Legend acoustic was a stroke of genius. People oh, yes. wanted the band and all. I said, we want the yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. You have John yeah, Legend. What yeah. more you want? I want to hear the band yeah, and the background yeah, vocalist. Yeah. I said, buy the record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John Legend performing yeah. acoustic. That's a and it's funny people don't know that. We got we got him in a good deal mm-hmm. um, because he was on a world tour mm-hmm. and he was just him on the piano. Him on the piano, exactly. Yeah. I said that is yeah. economics. And look at the weekend I got him on number one record in in, in the world. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And he where yep. is he? Yep. He's in Tobago. That is such a brilliant time. Yeah. So yeah. I understand and I accept that that is what happens because, as I said, I kind of been studying this Caribbean not as much as you, but Caribbean jazz festivals have a different function to some some jazz festivals in Europe, to some jazz festivals in America. Admittedly, we know that a lot of jazz festivals in Europe, and even the first one that started in Newport, was about tourism, right? Yeah, yeah. People to Newport, tourism, yeah. And yeah. they, had a, they had a rich benefactor who said... Monjo, Monjo Jazz have been yes. to that. It's yeah. all tourism. Oh, it's all, all tourism. tourism. Yeah, so that <laughs> jazz festivals serve a particular function as yeah. well as developing a music industry and that kind of stuff, right? But I, I want to circle back to, of course, now to the, the, the kind of understanding of the development of our music, right? Because the other thing that Tobago Jazz Festival did, and I guess all jazz festivals everywhere does, is that you incorporated local talent. Yes, you have your headliners yeah. and that kind of stuff. That was a big objective. You had local talent and you have um, the one at the boardwalk on the waterfront, as it was. Effectively, yeah, the waterfront. Was, which was, was all local talent. Was all local, talent, local right? Yeah. So that I know for I know for a fact because I'm a promoter. A lot of artists 
knew that when Tobago Jazz came around and they get a gig there, they get a gig. We may not yeah. have enough yeah. festivals gigs, right? Because I've done a correct, correct. Know, only five or six festivals over like 10 weeks or, or 12 weeks or some kind of thing like that. So, you know, there are weekends that come that nothing happens and that kind of certain in Trinidad in 2018, I think it was, we had five shows, um, Sunset Jazz, Jazz Artists on the Greens, Jazz Jazz Under the Stars, um, I Am Jazz, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and North Coast Jazz. That was all in Trinidad yeah. and of course, Tobago Jazz Experience in Tobago. So that, but those are like the big events as it was, but a number of smaller events, right? So, and so there are musicians who don't necessarily play soca music, but when they have this quote-unquote jazz season, this is when it happens at, at, at all. Well, they play this soca music, but in, in they the jazz fight and they, yeah, jazz does it so well. I always have to say that. But I'm keen to know in terms of developing jazz artists in Tobago because one mm-hmm. of the things that I have seen and heard, let me just say it now, is that the singers, the female singers in Tobago are excellent. I know mm-hmm. it's kind of an understood thing. We have a female singers are kind of in Trinidad at least, or Trinidad and Tobago. The female singers are kind of more entertaining, they're better, quote unquote, than the male singers. You don't have many top flight male singers because a lot of male singers yeah. go into soca music, but the female mm-hmm. singers sing, right? But you introduced me to Sharon Phillips. Um, yeah. You introduced, well, no, Kay Allen, I had met, I think I'd known yeah. through um, Digital Rising Stars, Stephanie Joseph. Jeanette, I know she's my Jeanne. in Trinidad and thing. That, that's one of my yeah. one of my favorite performers and thing. Yeah, Adana. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of clearly, there's a pool of talent there in terms of singers. Are you part of developing a pool of talent of musicians? Because Kay also brought with her a band of young musicians to when she was came to Trinidad and a piano player was like twelve years old. And played better than a whole set of fellas in Trinidad and things. Mm-hmm. Is that part of the mandate of John Arnold Incorporated? I don't let me know. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, let, let's be honest. I think, and even though you call all those names, I mean, I have worked, as you know, mm-hmm. in the choral industry for years, mm-hmm. for donkey years. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in the alumni see, choir. Yeah. So, I, I've, I've, I've seen. I mean, all those people you can think of go right back mm-hmm. um, from Oscar B, um, Dion Bukaj, um, Easton or all those people. Yeah, all of them had a part. Sherwin Winchester was in signaling. I was going to say Sherwin. Yeah, yeah, Sherwin. So yeah. a lot of, so, I mean, that, that may be so. And then remember, I worked a lot in 12 and under and teen talent mm-hmm. with his award during those years. So that's another that. development pool. Yeah. Right. I was the one handling all the Tobago auditions. Mm-hmm. I come, you look at back on any of the old tapes, mm-hmm. you'd see me. I saw one the other day, actually. <laughs> right? Um, coming to Trinidad with all the mm-hmm. Tobago artists. All those people, I mean, but beyond that, I would say because of the church, Hmm. A lot of singers have come out of that. Hmm. Um, Stephanie used to be in Signaling too, but hmm. she also came out of a church background. Hmm. All right? I'm so I think the voice. church has a lot to do hmm. <clears throat> with a lot of them. Sharon toured several times while I was at Tourism. Hmm. And we used to go away with bands, and we would take some of the best people hmm. um, with, with some of the bands. There was a time here we had at least four, five, six bands now the problem is those bands don't exist anymore. 
Right? Band, During the bands day, are hard to come. Everybody wants to go solo. Everybody wants to go solo. Yeah. Correct. Mm. Um, so that, that has been a, I mean, that's why I tell people the, the model we have at Kaiwa, mm-hmm. we are a band, but not a band. Meaning we come together to make music on a weekend. Mm-hmm. If we get an extra gig, we do it. But mm-hmm. we don't have rules that say, you know, you can't play for nobody else. You can't, mm-hmm. we don't have that. <laughs> you know, sense. it's yeah. a place where musicians meet mm-hmm. and we play regularly. And mm-hmm. because we've been playing for years, we have a large repertoire. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what you it know? Is, yeah. But I think we still have a lot of young talent mm-hmm. that still need to go out. I, I saw a nice singer singing mm-hmm. jazz for music festival. Mm-hmm. And she's now selling in a, a store. You know, as I meet her and I say, what are you doing? What You have such talent. Mm-hmm. I know of another one who they just... So we have a lot of people that fall off the wayside. Mm-hmm. Now, your question, let's get to it. We need to have some kind of place and maybe the Tobago Performing Arts Company, mm-hmm. which did the play that was highly successful the other day yes. mm-hmm. with the cassava. The maybe cassava. that could be a role they can play to be a place where those people who are great, we can have them there. But the problem there is that we now have to have people who can train them. Well, and UTT, that's where UTT money is. UTT is, UTT is creating teachers, if I understand the UTT music right. department. So, it's, I mean, it's not an impossible thing to get trainers. No, but, it's not. It's not. But, but, but that is what I think mm. will have to happen a structured kind of thing mm. that will now address some of this time because you're correct. There are a lot of raw talent. Yeah. The, the, it, as, as it stands and what we're gathering is that um, capacity in terms of what, you, what is available and what is financially available to support some of these things is a critical thing. And I think it's critical throughout the whole Caribbean in terms of St. Lucia has a problem like that too. Although Barbados has a community college and I think St. Lucia similarly. We have UTT. I, I don't know if St. you Lucia, St. Lucia. Yeah. Um, school of music. School I just music. did a workshop. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but, and yeah, UTT, you, you, you oh, have a music program. In, uh-huh. There's something I want to plug in here. Plug it in. There's one thing that, that disturbs me the, the fact of um, we sometimes glorify people too mm. early. And what happens is that the money, mm. the eater food becomes now everybody say, you're good, you're good, the young girl, she's great, mm. she's great. I ran a, a, a talent show, and the amount of people that came out of that that were really good singers, mm-hmm. young singers, and everybody, oh, yeah, they're good, they're great. And I would tell the parent, no, mm. um, stop doing that. As a matter of fact, stop taking those jobs. Mm. Everybody wants you to perform. In Tobago, sometimes that gives you a really poor sense Mm-hmm. Of you see the same thing that happened to me when I went to Berkeley. I was not going to say I thought that. I could play. Book. Yeah, when you got but when you Berkeley. sit real playing, you mm-hmm. realize shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sit down and Training. be quiet. Training. Yeah. Training. Because one of the other things that and it, you only have about five more minutes on this because yes. one of the things I wanted to suggest to you is and it's something that our audience will now know. John Arnold is also in charge of the state-owned company that, that runs the music industry, Music TT. So the man oh, handling, yeah. the man handling everything, right? <laughs> right. And no, I, I think, I mean, but let, one, no, one of the things that you do, right. And, and let me just get this out is that yeah. you, you have this spotlight series where you have artists, you know, voluntary come to do auditions right. and then you right. train them in the rudiments of a music business right. as it was with the potential to be exportable. And hopefully they will be exportable. Right. 
and I've, and through that through that um, agency, I have heard some of the singers. I mean, Journey. I'm going to tell you, that's the first time I heard Journey. I was part of the yeah. kind of sifting yeah. process yeah. of one of the um, the performers, and that's when I first heard. And as soon as I heard, I said, "This is a woman is a star." And the most recent show I had featuring Tony Paul, she was on it singing "Trade Winds," beautiful, right? So that music TT has a role and a function. John, you and I, you know, we kind of define certain in terms of the philosophy. Of mm. music TT, but that's that's for another conversation. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but definitely. <laughs> but as it is, music TT has a function, so let it work and let it make sense, right? Um, I one of the things I've always thought was that, that some of the artists, their their stick to itiveness, and there's another word, their determination to be to make yeah. it, yeah. and it's something you just hinted at. Somebody tell them they're good, and all of a sudden they say, well, I said, you you can't take yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, they don't need to work. Yeah, they don't that, need that to work. has to, that has to change, yeah. and that's the kind of things that hopefully music tt and among other places will will um well i mean i i will only inject mm-hmm. yeah i wonder i want to just retort on on the, the music tt i think one of the one of the key things about music tt is that we have to admit that it is an attempt yes to to deal with that kind of mandate about export identifying billing and so on but i think more than that is that if music tt had gotten the kind of funding mm-hmm. that it needs mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you would see a much bigger and a higher output in terms of what is possible. Because let me tell you, the place is ripping. Mm. But we, you know, we have to in the diversification discussion. Mm-hmm. We have to now say, hey, we're really serious. You know, we're going down that road. Mm-hmm. Let me put that and 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 do that. You know, it is surprising that the Ministry of Trade couldn't convince the Ministry of Finance to give the development funding that was mandated within the strategic plan. Let's not play games. The strategic plan called for a number higher than the kind of amount that used to be given out annually. And that strategic plan was supposed for like from 2017 to 2022. We're in 2022 now. A few elements of the plan, of course, have come into operation, famously live music district among other areas, right? But the data collection part of it the kind of conversation with the stakeholders to create a music task force, to me, is one of those things that, that, been, that had been promulgated, had been told to us by a former general manager, but it never came to pass. And that has been always been a problem with me in terms of what the policyholders want and what they give, right? And you are only the... the, the but but, but, but I have to tell you, you are also in the ecosystem. And well, I'm sure so. you are... No, I'm saying you also mm-hmm. know, I am sure... Mm-hmm. Both the 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 background, mm-hmm. and you also know how the country um, operates. I mean, you are quite yeah, quite I, okra. Yeah, I, I so I, that I, I think aware, the constraints. Aware. I don't think there anything strange to no. you, but we live in eternal optimism. You know that. As I said, it 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 it, it was it's a good idea if if what is written on paper came to pass. But because it didn't, and there's a lot of hands in touching and that kind of stuff. And it goes back to your Tobago experience in charge of the, the festival commission, among other things, where uh, certainly even after Ring Bang, where politicians got involved and, and the accountability, where one politician was asking annually, why did you not get in your accounts? And it doesn't make sense to have a Tobago jazz experience because she's not seeing the, the, yeah. the revenue at the door. But part of that was also, yeah, premature ignorance. Yeah, too. so... Yeah. So there was some ignorance. We, we live in an environment that is, is I wouldn't say it's unique, but it's, it's certainly different from the rest of the world, right? But, you know, 
<laughs> but John, as much as this conversation could go on forever, I really yeah, 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 thank yeah. you very much for being on the on yeah, man. This was, nice. this was nice. Yeah. yeah, your career is continuing as a recording. Well, I don't know when you're on, but but certainly for July the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and this will this will be out before July the first, so people oh, will, get, will be able to. So, I mean, that'd be great if people come and yeah. be part with Tehran and mm-hmm. Tony Paul and Kaiwa at Queens Hall, yeah, seven thirty. And um, yeah, tickets are available. And um, I really look forward to sharing this tambourine jazz Mm -hmm. and the collaboration with the marriage with the tabla. Tambourine and tambourine drums, tabla, meet in Tobago. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Nigel Campbell. That was John Anna. Thank you very much. Island Jazz Chat has been a production of Jazz in the Islands magazine, powered by iRadio.tt.